Hey, what's up, world? It's your host, Omar Ace Turner. You can call me Ace. And welcome to another episode from the podcast, The Authentic Millennial, where we help motivate millennials by the millions to live a life of authenticity. Today, I got a special guest here. His name is James. He's all the way from Colorado, and he's going to talk to us today about anxiety, what it is, how it works, and what he does to get through it. Here we go. All right, Mr. James, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, Omar. How's it been? Ah, not bad. You know, we out here. We try to make things happen. (laughs) (laughs) Always and forever. Always and forever. But yes, James, tell us about yourself. Well, I currently live in Colorado, but I hail from a couple of places. I grew up outside Chicago. And when I, I think it was about 12, my pops moved us out to New York suburbs, went to high school out there, ended up going to college in Rhode Island. I bounced around to Chicago, Boston, and back in New York. And that's where we caught up with each other. Yes. Uh, and we uh, had our epic teaching careers. Yes. And also, people, let's be clear, this is also the godfather of my child as well. This is James Mary, the man right here, guys. I don't know about the man or all those accolades, but yes, I am the godfather of your job. <laughs> he is that guy. And how's it been going since you moved out to Colorado? How long ago? I moved from Brooklyn, stopped teaching in about May, and I moved in July. July 15th, I think, is the day I actually got out to Colorado Springs. I mean, you are clinically diagnosed as being bipolar, correct? Yes. So how was that change? shifting from New York and out here in Colorado? I think one of the biggest challenges is what you mentioned to start is anxiety. Mm -hmm. I think that there is this fear of the unexpected and the unknown that we experience daily. Whether we have anxiety or not, it's the unknown. It's still a very powerful force in each of our days. For me, it has, I think, a little bit more leeway and pull than for many other people. I didn't recognize it for a long time. um, But as I started to introspectively look at who I was when I was in New York and when I was from a young adult to an adult to having to do things um, independently, I found that it was very powerful aspect of who I am. And moving from New York to Colorado, I just dove right into that unknown and the unexpected. So it had some pull to say, um, just in the slightest. It was both the impetus for me moving and also the fear that kept me in New York for so long. When these anxiety bouts came came on, what were the symptoms? Like, you know, what were you feeling inside? What I always found interesting is that since I started looking into like my emotional profile and better understanding who I was and who I am, I recognized what anxiety actually was. I didn't know I had anxiety. I didn't even know what it felt like. I knew I experienced these feelings. I knew my physiological experience was different than others. The biggest hurdle I got over 
was when I was able to name anxiety. And I didn't understand how powerful it was until I was able to name it. When I grew up, I always had, you know, that pretty basic understanding of butterflies in your stomach. Everyone knows what that is. Uh But I would have it for an exponentially higher level of things than I think most people did. And it just was present, omnipresent, if you will. And most of my days, I started to wake up with anxiety. And that's a really, really difficult thing to overcome in your mornings. When it's present, it's, it clouds everything that you look at. You're afraid of doing things. You're afraid of starting your day one. You're afraid of going through your day and then even finishing your day because it's, it's always around. For me, when I named it, though, I started to get a, a better grasp of it and was able to grapple with it more to better understand it. When you named it, what caused you or what gave you that ability to name it? I mean, it, it came from outside help. I wasn't able to name it on my own. I didn't know what it was on my own. I, I literally would just go through my days overwhelmed and think that I was supposed to feel overwhelmed for everything that I attempted to do. Didn't make sense to me until like it was named for me and someone called it out and someone identified it as, yeah, that's, that's anxiety. And to oversimplify that interaction, that was just mind-blowing. I was like, wow, that's exactly what it is. And I didn't know what anxiety meant. I knew what the word was. I could define it. I use it in everyday language. But I didn't know what it connotated until someone called it out for me. And I think it was was the human interaction with someone I trusted that allowed me to just let the idea that I'm an anxious person into my day-to-day experience and into a new or put me into a new opportunity to view the world through a lens of understanding that I am an anxious person. Now, when you say um, someone who you trusted, are we talking your therapist or a friend or? Therapist. Okay. What areas of your life were you having difficulty or were you experiencing anxiety in? Like, did it come around when you were dating? Did it come around when you were seeking a career, what were some moments? What I think is interesting is that you are trying to compartmentalize anxiety. Mm. And for me, it's, it's not something that's possible. Anxiety is everywhere. It is, it is intertwined with every experience I have. And those experiences are intertwined. So the anxieties are just overlapping. And you name dating, you name employment, and you can name a variety of other things. Moving would be another one. Family interactions would be another one. Personal day-to-day could be another one. There's no stop. It's just, it's always there. It can flow. It can be harder moments and there can be moments of more levity where I feel more confident and anxiety doesn't have as much power over me. I definitely quibble with how you characterize it for an important reason because I don't want it to be misinterpreted. My experience, I can't just turn it off. Uh And that's one of the hardest parts of anxiety for me is I can't stop it. It just, it comes and it's triggered and it just sits and it sits on your chest and you, you don't know where to go with it except just to continue trudging through it. And eventually you find closure for some moments and that closure offers you an exhaust pipe, I, I don't know what metaphor I want to use, but a release for the like just stress that anxiety brings. 
I think it's important to think about the idea that it's really difficult to compartmentalize the, what anxiety is, but also not to overlook the idea that anxiety is both a cause and a symptom because it can cause other parts of your experience um, to be changed and to be warped, but it can also come from the warping of experiences from other parts of your life. It's inextricably a part of someone's identity. And when I say someone at this moment, I'm speaking to myself, it's inextricably a part of my identity. No, I mean, this is awesome. Uh, one, my apologies. And then two, this is why you're here. You know, this is, I knew you were the guy to shed light on the, on what's happening. One block of any myths or stereotypes or, and you know, misunderstandings of what anxiety is. And I'm glad that you're able to shed some light and inform me on how anxiety works. And I'm pretty sure you just helped millions of other people who didn't quite understand anxiety. So I definitely thank you. One of the biggest things, um, I guess one of those biggest like shock moments for me was when I realized that not everyone has anxiety or not everyone's anxiety is as omnipresent as mine is. I have familiar relations of friends and they would tell me that they just don't experience the world the same way. And I just, I can't put myself in their shoes. Even trying to put myself in their shoes makes me anxious about my own experience. It's so outstanding. And I use that word very specifically because it is so prevalent that you can see it in everything that I do. You can watch me and you can break down every moment that I'm in. And if you know me well enough, you'll see that anxiety is almost a part of how I engage with life in the world. And so it was mind-blowing to me. And I was informed, I guess is one way of saying it. But just as it came about and my interaction with other people, that not everyone is an anxious human. So can you tell the listeners with getting help, what, like, what were some of the, I guess, the tools that you were given to help with anxiety? That's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not trying what, to cop the tool, out. Well, no, the tools for you. What yeah, no, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that question is, is very hard because I still haven't figured out what works for me. Mm-hmm. I know one of the biggest things, and I alluded to it earlier, is closure. Moments bring a lot of anxiety because it's the uncertain. Right. Closure for things really helps calm me and assuage those ang- anxious feelings. In the moment tools... It can be a variety of things. And again, I haven't mastered it. It can be music. It can be um, like physical removal from a moment. It can be crying. It can be a whole hell of a lot of things. And it's different for everyone. I know that there are breathing techniques and those I just never think about in the moment. I'm just too overwhelmed with the thought. And I think a lot of it is rooted in the fact that I haven't trained my mind well enough because this is an ongoing struggle. I, I've had it all my life, but it doesn't mean I've been able to address it all my life. And even when I've been addressing it, it's still, it's a very slow moving process. It is icebergs moving at snail pace. So exponentially slower than anyone would want it to move. I think that the most powerful tool for me is having support. 
having someone there with someone there with me next to me experiencing it and understanding that I'm experiencing it. They may not have to have anxiety, but as long as they understand that I have it and they can support me because they know how difficult it is for me, that's a huge relief and it's helpful because I'm not alone. Because anxiety makes you feel like you're alone. It makes you feel like you're the only incompetent one in the room. Beyond that person standing next to you, a lot of it actually does end up being on you. They can only be there for so much. You're the one that's carrying that anxious weight. If I'm not allowed or not capable of removing myself from those moments, I'd tough it out. And that's not the best answer. And I don't think it's very helpful. But I think it's important to understand that so many battles you have with anxiety end up with you just going head on into them. And in those moments, you actually do learn to master a little bit. Now it's a microcosm of what you would like it to be, but you learn to control and master a little bit more of anxiety every time you experience another anxious moment. Am I an anxious person? Categorically, yes. There is no way around that. But have I dealt with situations by just jumping in and going head first? Yeah, and every time I do that, I master a little bit more of that anxiety. Because it's almost like it's a battle. Every time you step into a situation, it's a battle back and forth with what you're capable of and what you believe you're capable of and what anxiety allows you to be capable of because we give it so much power, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say you jump in, jump into it, so that is that the opposite of overthinking? I don't think they're connected. No. All right. I understand your question now. Mm-hmm. Say your question again. Well, no, I mean, I'm trying to understand because you said that you know, you find it, it works best when you just jump into it. As an example, whenever I had to teach, well, which was every day, obviously when I was a teacher, but (laughs) when, because that's what teachers need to do, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, something something like that. They tell jokes all day. Well, no, (laughs) they're clowns, they're entertained. But yes, continue. I mean, we are on stage. (laughs) Yes, we are. When... We would train for teaching because I don't know if my teaching experience was similar to anyone else's. I think we all have kind of a different road in that field. But when we would practice and we would train, if I didn't do it first, I would have like a small, not complete, but like a small breakdown. I would clam up. My hands would sweat. I would shiver almost. I don't know how to explain that to other people, but my fingers become very light and tingly and I shiver. And if I don't do things first, it's a lot harder for me to counteract that experience. So for me, when I say dive in, I mean like immediately. So when you ask about overthinking, yes. Mm. Because if you allow yourself that space to think further into it and how can I fail and how can this become a bigger problem and how can I look foolish, it's going to go that way. Mm. Wow. So when I dive in, I need to dive in right away. Uh I need to jump in that pool before everyone else does. I get eaten (laughs) by a shark? Okay. But at least I did it first. (laughs) Right, because then... I always have this fear that sharks are in pools. I don't know why. (laughs) You can't see anything. (laughs) So so basically, is, is diving in before the negative thoughts sink in or creep up on you? Yeah. I think that that's... 
a simplification of it that aligns for aligns with what I think and what I experience and how I am more successful in anxious moments. Mm-hmm. So keeping the negative thoughts at bay, you've learned, you've gained or you've garnered success. Yeah. In those moments when I am, when people ask if who wants to be the volunteer, I, it's not an appropriate mantra, at least some may say so. Um, and I'm not a very reverent person, but it's pretty much a effort. I need to do this now. And it's that mentality that has got me through so many moments. There was this one time I was, we went to, I guess this waterfall was like this pool up in Rockin County, Bear Mountain area. It's gorgeous, but it's got a bunch of ledges you can jump off of into this deep end. And I remember there's three ledges. The third one, God, no, I was not doing that one. That was suicide. But the second one, I watched two of my buddies do it. And I, I like told myself, I'm going to do this. I stood on that ledge for 20 minutes before I could build up just the, the, the willpower to even think about doing it. And the only way I was able to jump is when I just started to move forward and said, F it. And I, I let go and I just jumped into the water. Was it terrifying on the way down? Did I think I was dying at every millisecond? Yes. But here I am. And it all came through that effort mentality. I think it's a simplification and I think people use it all the time, but it's basics. And I think it's important to remember that basics are not a bad thing. It doesn't have to be this wildly articulate, um, advanced strategy and theory to get you through moments. It's the simple things that really get you through moments, especially when you're doing, when you're doing strategies like self-talk, it's not the complicated self, I guess. It's not the complicated motivational speeches to yourself. It's the one to two to three word mantras that get you through moments because it's just, you have to control the thought and you have to control the agenda of where your brain is going. And if you allow what you said earlier, if you allow yourself to overthink by not controlling that agenda and the message, and the message isn't to anyone else, it's to yourself. If you don't control that message, you're going to be overwhelmed. And then you don't do things that you want to do. That was so powerful. And so would you say mantras work? I think they do. Mm-hmm. I've never been in someone else's mantra. I've never experienced someone else's. And I have a very difficult time. I'm comorbidly diagnosed with uh, ADD. So anxiety and ADD are weird bedfellows. I want to overcome anxiety, but I can't sit down without being more anxious to focus on something. So every time I want to focus on it and create my mantra, I get anxious about the fact that I'm trying to overcome anxiety uh-huh. uh, because I, it's like focusing is so hard for me. So, I mean, have you tried meditation before? I think about it all the time, mm-hmm. but I'm too anxious to sit down and do it. <laughs> just the thought about it. Just the thought. Just oh, the no. thought about it. Just the thought about the commitment I have to go through. Right. And, the moments that I'll have to sit there, I feel as though I can't do it. And I, again, I get jittery. I get to this, I get this lightness in my fingers and my, my toes. And it just doesn't allow me to be in that moment. Wow. And if you want to go deeper, I, the moment, I mean, that's a whole, whole other conversation. I've been talking about that a lot recently, staying in the moment. So I think meditation is an avenue for that, or at least an avenue that people want to use to get there, to be in the moment. Because us millennials, we're all over the place. 
we want so many different things in so many different ways. We don't even know what we want. Uh, even though we project it to the world, these five-year, these 10-year plans, it's a bunch of bullshit. It really is. If we were more capable of allowing ourselves to sit, and I say that as an analogy or metaphor, I never know which one's right. Um, if we were to allow ourselves just to sit and be and allow the world to come to you as opposed to seeking it out, we'd understand it better. We'd understand the precious nature of our days. I mean, how often do we go through the day and not even think twice about another day has passed? What did you do? And I'm not trying to be dreadful or impose these feelings of shock and scaredness, but I do think it's important to get a categorically understand we don't get days back. When we look into the future, we allow, in a way, we allow the uncertainty of the future to overtake the certainty of the day. And that's a crime. And I think that that's an unfortunate aspect of our collective character as millennials. It's very difficult for us to be in the moment and to see the moment and to see it for something worthwhile. We consistently want to be somewhere else. And this is not an accusation about every other millennial. This is an accusation to myself. I consistently want to be somewhere else. And I find that it's crippling. I find that it keeps me from enjoying the moment and experience. I have come to know more things about myself as obviously I've grown. And one of the things that I've reflected on a lot lately is I get really excited about things that I look forward to. We all do, right? That's what looking forward to really entails. But when I get to them, within the first, I'd say, half hour of that experience, I want to be gone. I want to be doing my own thing. I want to be reserving myself to a small space that is just my own thing. And that's my own kind of escape from moments. But I don't think that's different from a lot of people. I think that a lot of millennials will experience something, but then be moving on to the next thing. And that's what I'm really getting at the feeling of wanting something beyond where you're at. It robs you of the moment and it robs you of like the opportunity for growth. I believe that because of this, our generation stunts its growth. Wow, <laughs> James. Sir, I really just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on this show. And I mean, enlightening me, enlightening the people I mean, you dropped some gems today, you know, just your experience, your tools that you shared that you use to get through, you know, the moment. Oh, it's super scientific, right? (laughs) (laughs) By being in the moment, you know, oh my, yeah, that was so amazing. You know, and and kind of speaking, I want to say speaking on behalf, but at least acknowledging that a lot of millennials are facing some of these same struggles and issues, you know? I Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, that was amazing. So, James, is there anything you would like to share before we wrap up? I would like to share the fact that it's okay to be anxious. I don't know if I touched on this directly, but anxiety begets anxiety. If we don't allow the anxiety to be present, it just will find other ways to manifest. It'll always be there until we directly address it. But if we push it away... It finds a way. I feel like that's that Jeff Goldblum quote from Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. Jurassic Park, awesome movie. (laughs) 
Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> all, all have you told your guests about the 1960s version yet? No, I have not told them that my daughter sat there and watched the 1960s version. I didn't even know there was a 1960s version of Jurassic Park. Neither did, neither did I, but your daughter is an inspiration to all dinosaur lovers out there. Oh my God, she's diehard. I didn't know she was that much of a diehard dinosaur fan. Yeah, that's <laughs> like 1960s. I mean, it looked like the CGI was so horrible, but my daughter is just sitting there eating it all up. Like, and she's trying hey. to like, identify what dinosaurs they I'm like, you're, in, you're too much. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked she's my goddaughter. So that's exciting. Thank you. Man, thank you for being her godfather, man. I appreciate the honor. It's so awesome. But yeah, um, I'm sorry, fans and um, listeners. Is there, any, is there any way that people could reach out to you? Well, unlike millennials, I, I don't do the whole social media thing. Pretty proud of myself on that one. Yeah, you can reach me at jamandmitty at gmail.com. It's spelled J-A-M-M-I-N-M-I-D-I at gmail.com. Oh, man, that's so awesome, James. Thank you so much, sir. Thank Omar, you. thanks for having me. Thank you. It's a great conversation. Thank you. So, yes, people, um, if you would like to be on the show, please reach out at osturner2781 at gmail.com. And I just want to thank Mr. James for coming out tonight. To all you millennials, continue to live that authentic life.